Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Good to be back with you folks. Absolutely. Episode five, we're, Cinco. Yeah, we're excited for this one. Uh, we have Spike Bukowski, the head brewer at Terrapin Brewery. In Athens, Georgia. Very interesting conversation. He's one of the, one of the most sought after brewers in the world at this point. Uh, a guy who was a home brewer just 20 years ago. And uh, we talked to him about uh, synergy between the music world and the and the beer marketing world and mm-hmm. we talk about um a lot of his collaborations which collaborations. are interesting collaborations he collaborates with brewers and they do hybrid brews i guess you would say or collaborative brews collaborative they do uh they do uh well actually they do some funky brews too they got so they just did a sour brew and we're in georgia one of the most fertile areas for for uh craft beers oh man it's blowing up and not to use that term overly but it really is we've got Sweetwater and terrapin we got creature comforts in athens now we've got three, three taverns, taverns monday yeah. night brewing there's so many great breweries here we're very blessed and as we see with uh anheuser bush picking up another craft brewery it is becoming more and more significant mm-hmm. um the craft brew area is exploding so stay tuned and check us out but we just seth just came back from mexico see si, senor this was a family trip not a business trip like, like the, your other 18 trips to Mexico have been. This was finally a, a truly leisurely trip. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was not a resort gig. Um, this was a family trip. Went to Merida, which is three hours uh, northwest of Cancun. Uh, my in-laws had a place there, and well, they gorgeous. still do. Well, they're they're renting a place there. It's just for they've been there for a couple months, and um, the house was awesome. Amazing pool, just swim, swim, swim. The, you know, and then with uh, day trips that were. An hour and a half this way, that way. It's all the Yucatan state. So, you know, uh, the haciendas and the um, uh, the cenotes. My son, who's three, uh, went swimming in cenotes in the caves and just uh, as a trooper, man. He was awesome. But it was a real true family vacation, something that um, was was pretty awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. I, I was texted many good. adorable pictures of Daryl. What, what a photogenic young lad he is. And he also has a thing called Trump face. <laughs> <laughs> that one got a lot of views, actually. That and uh, she said it, she didn't say adios, mommy. Both those videos got a lot, a lot of views. Like I, I don't ever see videos that that trend, but um, from from us, but that, those got like well, he's a lot more. Views. Uh, he's a lot more adorable than you guys are. <laughs> he's a cute kid. Uh, so yeah, can, I'm I'm back. I'm refreshed. Uh, you know what's nice about vacation is the the energy that you come back with when you really truly relax. You come back feeling energetic, creative, and excited. I don't know. I was home the whole time. I feel, I feel energetic, too. Well, though. what did you do while I was away? Well, one thing, I got to go to a new venue. You know, I love new venues. I love checking out new venues. My buddy Richard... Uh, <laughs> I to see a new venue. <laughs> <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. I love checking out new venues. Uh, there's one called 440 Foundry Pavilion. We had a hard time finding it because it's billed as Atlantic Classic Center. Um, excuse me, Athens Classic Center. It's in Athens, Georgia. And then you get to the Athens Classic Center, and it's way tucked in the back, kind of over the corner. There's no signs indicating... Anything about a pavilion being there, but it was only the second show they've ever had. So it's not the Classic Center? No, and it's just behind it. And they sold about 2,500 tickets. You definitely could put twice that many in there, but I think the sound wouldn't be very good toward the back. Why is that? It's all cement. It's flat. It's only partially enclosed. Did it, um, did it sound good ever? And then, uh, as Moon Taxi got warmed up, it did. The, the opening band, Lonely Biscuits, who are a great band, um, it didn't. It didn't seem to be helping them as well. And like, so would you say that it just needed more people? Like, is that the thing? It did seem like perhaps that was part of it, and so, maybe the sound man was part of it as well. So the more bodies in there, the better it sounded. Maybe so, but I think even with a full room, if you were in the back behind the soundboard, 
bouncing off all that cement. I can't imagine the sound being that good. I, I, they they sh- they might not want to put wafflers or something. I don't know whatever. You well, call maybe it. they just need to call Vinny. Hey, Vinny, we need more bodies here. All right, no problem. Hey, we're gonna need some bodies. Bring the bodies. Bring the bodies. I don't know about Vinny's body guy. He's a little scary. All right, all right. But so, re- real t- quick, yeah, yeah, tell us about what was the deal? What's the what, Moon Taxi? It was a big show in Athens, Georgia, and we got to do a meet and greet. Which was nice. We got there late because we couldn't find the place because there's no science. But the people were really nice. They they walked us all the way back there. Everybody was courteous. There was a circular table. Was there still meat there on that table? Uh, well, there were young ladies there gazing at the band members as though they were meat. So I guess in a way, yes. But okay. I feel like we maybe broke the ice. You never know. Sometimes you walk in the room and all the conversation stops. But it seemed like we walked into a very quiet, silent, awkward room. And we started talking. First, we... Uh, we brought up my wife's name. They do some work together, so and um, apparently they're very fond of her because uh, they all smiled and were eager to talk about my wife, which was nice. Uh, we talked about they had just played the Ryman, I believe, was their first gig, and it I sold gotta it out. go there. Oh, they that's an amazing venue for them to play too. And they're actually, I think, they're going back there for the Bob Dylan. There's a, isn't yes. there a Dylan fest on your birthday. Up there? One, two nights, one of which is your birthday. Uh huh. We might have, have to do that, Mister Seth. We might have to that'd do that. A, that'd be a nice present. We talked about their approach to set lists. They do have a goal of mixing their set lists from night, uh, night to night down the road, but now it's more of a tour-to-tour thing, and they sort of have a theme that they'll come up with really? for each tour. That's what they, that's what they said. Uh, what was this one theme, did they tell Well, you? I didn't delve into that. Um, but their Atlanta history we talked about. Um, what was it? They were in another—members of that band were in another band that was gained popularity. I, I believe so. I, the one I've spoken with before is the bassist, Tommy Putnam. Really good guy. Um, and uh, he and I talked the most, although I do believe it was the other I think it was Spencer Thompson who showed interest and actually subscribed to our podcast right in front of us, the guitars. <laughs> How about that? Pretty cool. Well, if and, you're listening, uh, Spence, thanks for listening. And Trevor Turndrop, not, not Troy Tulowitzki baseball fans. It's Trevor Turndrop. He's the front man. This is the heckle and jide guy who's real low-key and friendly and mellow backstage. But when he gets on stage, he is conducting the crowd, leading them in sing-alongs, roaming the stage, filling the room with energy just by his presence and his singing. He is a, a fantastic front man for such a young guy. He's got mm-hmm. a knack for it. He just gets it. You guys should check this out, especially you single men, young single men. I think you might want to go check out Moon Taxi when they come to your town. Why would that be? Uh, well, the crowd is f- friendly in general, and it's just crawling with hot, music-loving w- women who are all very friendly. Be careful, Rob. Remember. Hey, I'm married. Audience, I'm not their, interested. Their audience is 18 and under. I'm not interested. I'm very you, happy, la- happily married. Did people think you were the DEA when you were there? Or because you're kind of, uh, you're probably, were you the oldest people there? Actually, no. You'd be surprised. There were a few people, because we were hanging right in front of the soundboard. There were a few people, older folks, and, and, uh, but there weren't that many. So you kind of exchanged little glances like, hey, how you doing? We're surrounded by young kids, aren't we? Yeah. You know what I mean? Knowing old people glances. Like young people do at Dylan shows. You look at each other like, hey, what are we doing here? Hey, we're the only people under 40. Uh, Moon Taxi, though. People know about them. They're on their way. Yeah, they're, they're playing Coachella, Hangout, Firefly, Forecastle, wow. Lockin. All the festivals yeah. this summer. And their opening band, uh, Lonely Biscuits, is also playing Firefly. I'd really like to mention them real quick. Go ahead. My Morning Jacket, if you're listening, your one big holiday, I do think Moon Taxi would be a fantastic addition to that mm. bill. So just throwing that out there. Interesting thought. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, the opening band was a, a 
I believe they're a trio called Lonely Biscuits. Very high energy, very strong lyrics. Uh, I had just seen uh, uh, briefly G Love the night before, and when these guys got a little hip hoppy, it seemed like a much more contemporary thing on the acoustic bluesy hip hoppy thing. But they're really more of an in- indie band, and they throw down. The bass lines were just fantastic. The energy was luscious. I will go see Lonely Biscuits again. Lonely, 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 lonely. And then the next night was the premiere of Here Comes Rusty. And for those of you who don't know, Here Comes Rusty is a film, a motion picture, major motion picture. Comedy. Comedy, si, senor. That uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton, our guest of the last two episodes, um, stars in. Episodes two and three. Yes, Colonel is a star. Fred Willard is in there. Joey Lauren Adams. Uh, when I was a young man, I was a big, big, even bigger fan of hers, but um, she was a gorgeous and dazed and confused, all this kind of stuff. She has aged gracefully. This isn't a Botox and uh, uh, facial surgery woman. She is aged gracefully and really, and she she's a better actress. She kind of carried the movie when it got a little deep. She and Willard, their veteran presence was key as you got about two-thirds of the way into this movie. Yeah. Because well, a lot of comedies will be funny, funny, and then just dot peter out. This one didn't do that. I thought this one held well up. Well-rounded. Yes. And there were five or six just room-exploding laughter moments. <laughs> Belly laughs, if you will. Yes, and my belly laughs. You don't want to be anywhere near me. That's that's a uh, you know anybody within five seats is going to be well because it jiggles to the left and jiggles to the right and just smacks people all about. Yes, like a bull in a china shop. So the, the so this is a big premiere. It was part of the Atlanta Film Festival, which is one of the um, I think the one of the country's largest film festivals. And yeah, and you was, vote on the way out. They hand you a little thing. You vote on the movie as you're leaving. Awesome. Uh, how was the crowd? Crowd was really good. I have to say. Um, there was a little bit of an elephant in the room. I love that. Sometimes I just say elephant just to hear that. Damn oh, I love it. But um, there were folks sitting immediately to our right and immediately behind us who were emotional right as the movie started, as the movie went along. Yeah, but this is this is serious, though. Um, oh, OK. And well, then I'm going to step back. Yeah, because uh, um, we would learn. I, I had heard whispers of this, but I hadn't heard the details. But there's a guy by the name of William Ross Smith from Arkansas who was a big part of making this movie happen, a producer. And apparently he had passed away just about two months before this premiere. And a lot of his family and, and longtime friends were in, the, were in the house. So as the movie finished and they're setting up the Q&A, um, you know, there were people who were very sad and very upset at the celebra- celebratory occasion. And then other people were kind of like, why aren't people more happy? And then this Joey Lauren Adams, as they're setting up, she takes the microphone and she starts talking about William Ross Smith, who he was, why he was significant, why he inspired her in the movie, how he would hear out her concerns, how enthusiastic he was about everything. It was just really powerful. And it was what needed to happen at that moment. It brought the room back together. Oh, uh, yeah. It, you know, some, sometimes people say that actors and actresses can only talk, can only do what's written down. And Joey Lauren Adams proved that that was absolutely not the case. She's talking off the top of her head and touching everybody's heart in the room. I, I mean, I'm just so stunned by this woman. Well, you know, sometimes life needs a little bit of depth and realness to it. And it's nice when you're in an event like a premiere like that and someone actually does something that's... Because it was weird. You had just seen a comedy, yet there was sorrow in the room. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And if it had gone unaddressed, un, unaddressed, it would have kind of left a cloud over the over the uh over the day. Yep. Well, um well, uh, uh, on the brighter side uh, of of things, uh, I imagine it must have been a, a star-packed room. I mean, you've got all of the actors but Willard were there. I oh, chatted okay. with a few of them. 
they all had nice things to say about Fred Willard, which is funny because I listened to the Gilbert Gottfried podcast literally that night when I got home and Michael McKean was on and they ended up talking about how down to earth and how he's one of the most, uh, that you know, just makes you feel good when that happens. Right. Yeah. Serendipity. Uh, I love, I love, I love when two different worlds, you know, parallels, crossovers, whatever. For me, when that happens, it actually charges me. It, it, it charges my creative juices. Um, and it just, just uh, like coming home from a vacation, man, your juices are just like <laughs> flowing right yeah, now. Well, you know. So then, uh, there also was a, uh, after the Q and a, I know we left and met, uh, Brian and I left and met a friend and then came back and uh, the opening band had started. I think the Colonel had just joined the opening band and it was pretty cool. AJ Gent was there. The young kid, Taz, Taz. Brian Niederauer, he was there. And uh, O'Teal jumped up on stage. But before that, at one point they were playing something and I'm boogieing around and I look up and there's O'Teal right next to me boogieing. That was pretty cool. Uh, did you make him feel awkward? No, I was about to talk to him, but I kept waiting Till between songs and every time between songs came because people were coming up to him talking to him right in the middle of songs which i thought uh, was yeah. rude well, uh, we'll have i don't think brian would have let me talk to him even between songs because i mentioned to him hey i wanted to ask him and brian was just like gave me that look like Aah. well rob i gotta be honest i talked to O'Teal uh the other two days ago to see if he wanted to be on the show and he he said yes so well, we're good. gonna have O'Teal on at some point but i did ask him about the premiere and he he told me Uh-oh. a little bit about it and he he, he asked me if that that guy that got the big belly um I have some wavy hair pop belly guy bumping into me during space is the place. God damn it. And actually what he says is, man, you got to tell him space is the place. I need my space. Tell that man to give him my space. No full belly laughs during time is free, please. So tell us about the band, though. Uh, Colonel, was the whole band there? Was that that was the whole band? There was, was no it? George Porter. Nikki Gillespie on. Uh... Nikki Gillespie. Oh, my gosh. What a fantastic drummer. Every time back... I'm more amazed. I guess I'm, I'm going to Wani this weekend. I guess I'll see her again. I guess so. She was. Uh, she came back to town also on Friday for with Nth Power. They're, That's they're right. They're touring around right now. Busy gal. She plays with Nth Power. She plays with Dumpster Funk. She used to play with Dumpster oh, Funk. Oh, she's out of Dumpster Funk, so I won't see her this weekend. Uh, maybe Nth Power's at Wani. I don't, I'm not too sure. I don't know the lineup. I don't but think we'll, so. We'll get to that, though. I don't think so. Um, and so the band played, and it, did, it was good? It played till about 12.15. It played about uh, a little over an hour and a half, most of which had Colonel. Awesome. Now, back to the Colonel. Now, for, for those of you uh, that don't realize, uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton was in a couple films. Uh, one that uh, got a major, major, uh, major, major motion picture. Sling blade. I'm fixing to kill you. I'm fixing to kill you. So he was uh, mm. in that movie. Uh, French fried he was also potato. <laughs> French fried potato. He also was in Mike Gordon, mm. the uh, bass player from Fish. He had a uh, movie, um, Outside Out, which was definitely a uh, yeah, very much a artsy film. <laughs> Soul Food Man. Mike wrote about Colonel for that movie. Uh-huh. Great song and, about um, Colonel. So so. Comparing those, uh, comparing, you know, that where where does uh, where does um, where's this? Where's here comes Rusty? I certainly lie. wouldn't suggest does that it got it, legs. Does, I mean, it's what, not going to be as big as Sling Blade, but I would put it closer to Sling Blade than Outside Out because Outside Out was definitely just for for music fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, if you haven't seen, by the way, you're gone. It's a trip. Cool. If you're a music fan, it's a it's a real outside look at things, particularly <laughs> learn the guitar and then unlearn it, and it's about playing from the heart. Some it's of it's a, a little overdone, but some of it's freaking hilarious. And, and I'm a Mike Gordon, such a huge Mike Gordon fan. And anything he does, I'm probably going to like so something you, about it. Here comes Rusty. You're going to see this in the major motion? The no, AMC I would say like art, art houses, like Midtown Art Cinema kind of place here in Atlanta. Or, um, wow, we got something going on outside. Are we coming under attack? 
Um, I don't think it'll be big enough for mainstream movies, but Midtown Art Cinema mm-hmm. type of places, it, it certainly could do. Well, uh, certainly just Colonel's fan base alone will very much appreciate and love hearing it. If you have even a passing interest in Colonel, you will love this movie and find it very hilarious. Or even just uh, about... People struggling and trying to find a way uh, in alternative uh, forms of life, like owning a racetrack, <laughs> you know, a whole little doggy track. Huh? And they kind of so. mock the whole in, a, in the way that Horace and Pete, uh, the Louis C.K. thing, they kind of mock the being set in a mentality of previous generations that started something thing. They do subtle mocking of that. That's just kind of funny. You know how people, you know, my, this business has been in my family for a hundred years. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily well, apply can I, to can I do Can I do my accent for that? Uh, let me guess. It's going to be a Jewish woman or a Southern man. I'll go and be a damn. Hey, Southern man. I'm telling you, man. Southern Seth. My papa, my pop, my papa had given me this. Mm-hmm. Now I have now. I've had it now for you know many many years. So we don't care how you do it up north. You gonna do it how you do it, but I'm gonna do it how I do it, and that's the right way how I do it. You see. So that was it. It was fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Well, well, uh, really look forward to seeing that movie myself. I'm bummed I had to miss it, but hey, you know what? See no tay. Joy, uh, Joy big, Lauren Adams, call me. Big day yesterday uh, of announcements. Um, the day, if you were, uh, if you're a festival fan, to, uh, yesterday was a day of one after another. We starting off with the Bear Creek Bayou Bear Creek Music Festival, uh, which has always had such a, a, a connection with New Orleans. Now is moving. To New Orleans, Mardi Gras World, uh, September 30th through October 1st. Uh, and this is uh, based from the producers of the Bear Creek Music and Arts Festival. So that's happening. And then uh, later in the afternoon, as the day rolled on, Jam Cruise 15 announced uh, moving to a new ship, uh, the Norwegian Pearl, uh, moving the dates a little later in January, January 20th through 25th, and taking out of Miami, going to Ocho Rios and Grand Cayman Islands. And then, as soon I as I look that, forward to watching that on the webcast. Uh, <laughs> webcast was fantastic with the light on the water. Jam they went cruise? into Pris Can. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> they should jam. They should webcast jam crimson. I've always wondered that. It's, it's, Is that a connection thing? Though why they don't do it because you're out in the middle of the sea. Yeah, it's it's. A you can't even use satellites. But if you notice, Jam Cruise has been releasing uh, from iClips uh, a set. Um, a song, or you know, one one song from different bands uh, every week. I think it's every Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. So I love their uh, phrase they used in the announcement. Uh, what was that? Let's do this, <laughs> my dear friend Annabelle, with the using one of our previous uh, expressions on tired expressions. Let's do this, and uh, further. <laughs> and then and then later on the day. Later on the day, another one of your expressions, epic, appeared uh, because a holy ship is holy ship 2017 expands to four nights and features B2B sailings. That's back to back sailings on the Norwegian epic. The name of the ship is epic, Rob. Uh, <laughs> so holy ship uh, is doing back to back out of Orlando. It looks like here's the hopeful uh, January thing. 6th through 10th. And then here's the hopeful 10th thing through 14th on that for me. I think by January, I'm going to be a little more up on EDM. So I might actually be interested in that cruise by January. Well, I don't know about all of them. It is book, it's, actually, uh, but if, if we could do the show or there's, something. There's some, some great, great... Uh, I'm great diving in. Actors. I'm already diving in, as, as we'll talk about in a minute, to one act that we're going to have on. And then, after all those announcements, comes the big whopper. Fish announces they're going back to Riviera Maya, Mexico, January 13th through 15th. That's the one. 
that's the one that the webcast and they had the yes. light on the water and prince caspian is a fish song that um i've grown kind of tired of over the years but they segued into it beautifully and and it has the lyric uh oh to be prince caspian and float upon the waves and they showed the fans the in the ocean playing in the waves i was over at my friend brandon's house right over on the other side of hosea here and um I don't know. That just it just was really, really, really cool that they had the, the, the light, the water, beautifully lit. Really cool. Yeah. Um, that's uh, so big day announcements. Uh, music festival fans for sure are excited. And then and then you know keeping up with current times here, Guns and Roses. Wait, before we move off of festivals, can I ask you one concern yeah, have about Bear Creek moving to New Orleans? Because I know that you have Jazz Fest, and even though this is a few months away. Are they going to get pushback if they start using Jazz Fest acts in a festival in New Orleans? Nah, I don't you think You sure? So. Yeah, no. I don't like, didn't so. they get a little of that from MAGFest uh, when they were in Florida? MAGFest is a, is a festival that uh, yeah, is at the same diff- site at Swanee. That's the MAGFest and Bear Creek were like weeks away from each other. This is. Oh, I'm sorry. The away. Spring Fest. Spring Fest. Uh, it's, it's, you really don't it, think so? No, no, no. Because that was the first time. Bear Creek, by the way, were two different events. You're thinking of MAGFest, which Shh. is similar, which was doing similar there's acts. Some at the crossover. Time. Spring Fest is more bluegrass. True, Bear Creek is some, funk. Okay, but that's why Bear Creek would avoid those acts, right? Bear Creek funk was fest. a funk festival. Spring Fest, but is they had a some. They had Yonder festival. Mountain. They had some of those type acts. Uh, you don't think there'll be any chilling effect no, at all on no. being a festival in New Orleans no, more, where Jazz more, Fest dominates that city? No, you don't think the, that at all? No. Does Voodoo Fest have an issue with that? Does That's I, not even close. Uh, that's total rock, a big time rock and roll. Well, yeah, I guess Jazz Fest has that. Come hmm. on, come on. So, all right, well, that's on, why though. I ask you these things. That's why I ask, man. Now I know. And I gave you my unless most you turn opinionated. Out to be, unless you turn out to be wrong, in which case you'll hear about it. I mean, look, any promoter's not going to want any competition. But then again, sometimes competition's good. But these aren't competition. There's two different events at two different times, two different things. And I know, by the just way, Jazz Fest is such a presence in that city. Yeah, and this isn't Jazz Fest, what they're doing. Uh, true, Seth, but when you have when you're a festival and then someone plays another festival, that next year at your festival, they haven't starved the market for a year. They've this only starved it for a few months. Me. What? Yes. This is why people think you hate me. No, I'm, 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 being, uh, <laughs> I'm being emphatic. I'm not being angry. It's so, just surprising to me because that, okay. So moving on to Guns N' Roses because yes, Axel comes back uh, after the Troubadour show. I'm fascinated by this tour. to Vegas to, to do the big shows and... Uh, takes the stage. Takes the stage. On broken foot. Broken foot, yeah. How did that happen? They say it happened during the Troubadour show, but those who were in attendance... Uh, Dice Clay, I heard on Opie and Anthony uh, and a couple other people. They said he seemed to be fine at the end of the show, though. Well, Maybe I mean, he came out of Dave Grohl's throne, which, by the way, is a pretty, pretty awesome thing. Uh, that that you know, that just to see the that all happen. And I know you don't want to go into the Dave Grohl thing, so we won't go into it. But it's pretty cool to see you know this the synergies and the sharing and the whole thing and just. Uh, I love the guy, but the whole rock world—he's the most adored guy. So we don't really need to talk about him that much right now. And well, so Guns N' Roses, interesting. And then David Gilmore has got his shows going on right now. Yeah, we talked about him last ep- episode, but um, yeah, more and more people that I know have been seeing, and the reviews continuously uh, are coming in, and people are loving it. Another example why I love Periscope, like the New York shows, Skinny Little Legs, thank you, Gilmore Tour, thank you. These people offer Periscopes, you know what I mean? And uh, some of them, the more obscure songs, which are the ones I want to see. Uh, usually, it's just the people do money and trying to do Crazy Diamond and us and them, all the obvious crap, but. Um, there's some nugs in there, sorrow, um, some Pink Floyd nugs, some nugs from Gilmore's solo career, Astronomy Domini and, or Domine, some say, and Fat Old Son are two old Pink Floyd songs that they do around Shine On 
or he does in the second set. Those are probably the two highlights for me. Oh, my goodness. His tone is wonderful. The guy is ageless, still sings well. And you, you think if he was mixing up his shows, Seth, how many people would he have following him around city to city? Mm, that's a good question. But he's more of a guy to like, here's my show, boom. Mm-hmm. Now, we have booked some guests. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's briefly talk about that. Uh, as I said, I'm getting into EDM and one of the reasons, one of the initial forays into it, although I'm familiar with Skrillex and Pretty Lights and stuff, but this Cherub. Cherub. They're an electro-indie duo from Nashville. Uh, their name, they're named after a winged angelic being from the Bible. Wow, that's lofty. They better bring it. They're not named after the pumpkin song, I don't think. Cherub Rock. No. But you can ask them that if you wish. So these these guys are wonderful. I'm not going to say all the lyrics speak to me well, but when you put on your headphones and their studio stuff, popping. Yeah, well, great stuff. But a little tidbit about them. I don't know if you know this. Um, lead singer and guitarist, Jason. Yes, yes. He uh, was an intern of mine. And the road manager, Ryan Hug, interned at the same time. Well, Ryan, I know... You well, do know Ryan, yeah, you do. Jason. Now you're saying I know Jason. You've met him before. He he interned with us for a whole summer and and helped out with other gigs and he was around. He was you definitely you'll recognize him. Remind me that. We got to talk about that in the interview how, you know, what he learned in that experience. Yeah, I think that I think that'd be great. We'll bring up some good memories. Uh also, you said that we have confirmed uh well, of course the Disco Biscuits. We got Mark, maybe we're going to get Aaron too. We've spoken about them before. Yeah, Wonderful yeah, band. We're gonna have them next week, and we're gonna see them on Thursday of next week. The Jets, the Jets, they're in every game. They could just as easily be fourteen and two. Turner, I'm, Bernie Sanders, my brownie. Bernie Sanders has has ruined my brownie accent. We'll, we'll ask him. We'll ask him to do a brownie, Bernie, a burn brown. I'm going to revisit my brownie accent after I spend some time with them next week because we're gonna we're going to two of their shows. They're playing a, a small room here in Atlanta called Terminal West. Mm-hmm. They announced it last minute. Wonderful. I, I assume I'm going if they'll put me on the list. Uh, we've also confirmed Leftover Salmon, who took the jam scene by storm in the 90s with their polyethnic Cajun slam grass. I don't even know if they use that expression anymore. But uh, wonderful band. We'll talk all about them. Um, and we've I'm got excited. The oh, new master sounds. The new master sounds who make funk interesting with their creative, quirky embellishments. And they're, uh, they're a wonderful band. Quartet. Simon... What's Simon's last name? Guitarist? Allen. Simon Allen on guitar. Who no, you... he's, he's a drummer, Rob. Oh. Which one's the... Which Eddie, one's the one... Eddie Roberts is on guitar. Oh, okay. Which one's the one who's everywhere on Jam Cruise? Simon. Yes. He's fun. I, I love co-hosting things with him. He's hilarious, and I, I, definitely going to make for great banter. And we'll have some tea with him. You think we should do some tea? Yes, and I will research in advance. Do you interview. think we should do some tea? I just found out about this new Master Sounds. Very excited. Perhaps we do a tea time with them. How about some warm beer with lime in it that's for abroad? And speaking of beer, without further ado, folks. Yes? We are excited to present to you the interview we did with Terrapins Brewmaster, owner and producer. Huge music fan. Producer. become extremely successful in the, in the beer industry. Thanks again to Terrapin Brewery, not only for letting us set up for Spike, 
and they also were having a big tour and a big outdoor thing going on, and they still let us come in, and we interviewed Chad Denny in their offices, and they invited us to come back as well. Very kind people at the Terrapin Brewery. Their tours are almost daily now, aren't they? Uh, they have a space, a, a room, and then they have a uh, – so you can go in there at certain times and taste. Yeah, and then they got the big outdoor area. So if you're ever in Athens – Check it out. Yeah, Fridays are always a good time, but um, pretty much any time, check out Terrapin Brewery in Athens, Georgia. And if the beer's in your grocery store, grab some, open them up, Now's the time to take that beer out of the fridge, crack it open, because, ladies and gentlemen, here's Spike. We're here live at Terrapin Brewery in Athens, Georgia, inside out with Turner and Seth. How you doing, Rob? Good. Good to be here. And we're sitting here across from Brian Spike Bukowski, a man who, since 1993, Brew. has gone from a home brewer to one of the most sought-after brewers in the world. He's the, head, he's the head brewer at Terrapin Brewery in Athens, Georgia, and he is uh, asked to travel all around the world as a guest brewer as well. So he is a bit of our, our, an ambassador, a beer ambassador for mm-hmm. Georgia. He's also a tour guide on Fridays, and that's the noise downstairs. People waiting to tour the Terrapin Brewery. They do tours uh, daily, or is it? Uh... Uh, it is Wednesday through Sunday. You can come down to Terrapin Brewery Wednesday through Sunday. Bring the kids, the dogs, and the frogs. It's a beer tasting. There's uh, 15 beers on tap t- typically, and every Wednesday... You have a special uh, a special brew, is that correct? Uh, we do casks uh, every Wednesday, so yeah, you can probably find something unique. Well, you can find something unique here every day, um, but yeah, Wednesdays they usually pop a new cask. So that cask, that's right. That cask, that cask, that cask. Back that cask up. Huh? Show me what you got. So if you live in Georgia or if you're visiting Georgia, you should come on out to Newton Bridge Road. And, uh, and check out the Terrapin Brewing Company. But as you know, Spike, this is predominantly a music show. So as we jump in, mm-hmm. um, I'd really like to talk to you about how marketing to the music community was part of the vision of Terrapin early on. Well, is, is this, this is the marketing right here in our hand. Where, what are we drinking here? It's the hey. Sound Check. Sound Check. Spelled C-Z-E-C-H. Because it's a Pilsner. Hey, Seth, is your name Spike? I can, I can get this question. Oh, here. sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... You know, growing up, uh, loving music, and then, uh, you know, becoming a metalhead, and then going to college and becoming a deadhead, Um, you know, the whole Terrapin name and the Terrapin feel comes from... Uh, the love of the Grateful Dead and Terrapin Station. So, although if lawyers talk, you'll you'll say Maryland's involved as well, right? Uh, you know, people think Maryland's involved, and the only way Maryland got involved is that when we were contract brewing early on, uh, we actually did brew some beer uh, in Maryland for a couple of years before we got our start. So it was kind of funny because we didn't have a brewery in Georgia, and you know, we'd walk into an account and try to sell beer and say, "Hey, you know, we're Terrapin Beer Company," and they're like, "Oh, uh, you guys from Maryland?" And no. <laughs> Uh, we're actually from Athens, Georgia. Oh, Athens, Georgia. Well, where's your brewery? It's uh, a slow brew. Yeah, we don't have one yet. We're contracting. Oh, oh, really? Where are you contracting? Maryland. Yeah. <laughs> so those days are long gone. But yeah, the name Terrapin, um, you know, comes from Terrapin Station. Really, one of my favorite Dead albums. But um, but yeah, we've always been in the music scene. Um, we do a lot with venues and local bars and things like that you ever that support bands? music. Touring. Um, you know, early on we did. 
Um, I don't think we're sponsoring any bands at the moment. How about venues? You ever sponsor any venues? Um, no. Well, you host bands here, though. This is oh yeah, we host bands. Yes, true. So we do have uh, a stage here. We have an indoor stage and an outdoor stage that bands can come in and play. So yeah, I mean we've. You guys put a big party on every year with the, with the Wake and Bake release, right? Um, more so with the hop release, the or hop. our fresh hop release called uh, So Fresh and So Green Green. So fresh, so fresh. So and fresh and it's green our green. 14th year anniversary on April 9th, so we're having a wow. big party at the brewery April 9th. No, 14. 14, yeah. And uh, so, yes, talking about the newest beer called Soundcheck Pilsner, um, this beer... Uh, actually got its start about four or five years ago. I don't know if you guys remember when the Georgia Theater burned down. Mm-hmm. We did a series of four beers and donated the proceeds to help rebuild the theater. Um, if you guys don't know the, the story behind the theater, uh, originally it was a YMCA, and they used to have a large metal or iron tank or iron um, swimming pool down there that they dubbed the Iron Tank. So our first beer that we did in that series was called the Iron Tankard, which was a uh, basically an old ale or strong ale. Um, after it was the YMCA, it turned into a movie theater. So we did a beer called Double Feature for that round. Then it turned into the, mu- uh, the music venue. Mm-hmm. So we did this beer called Soundcheck Pilsner. And then, of course, it burnt down uh, four or five years ago, and we did something called Hoptanius Combustion, which was a smoked IPA. But we're here to talk about Soundcheck. <laughs> Soundcheck. Because um, it's coming out in cans. It is out. It's a beautiful can, uh, by the way. It is coming out in cans. Um, we are probably about, uh, about 80% of our production is going in cans now, so we're slowly but surely moving away from bottles into cans. We'll probably still do special releases out of bottles. Just um, large, large bottles. Yeah, yeah, 22s. Um, and we do 12 ounces as well. Hop Skewshner, you can still get into 12 ounce. Liquid Bliss, you can get into 12 ounce. Um, but this beer is real special, A, because, you know, because of the Georgia Theater. And then, you know, B, uh, Pilsner is my favorite beer style. So it's one of mine as well, if you remember Pilsner. 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 So for me, it was uh, really important that we, we definitely did a traditional. Czech Pilsner. Um, so this is here. This is not going away. This is not a special release? This is or? a year-round beer. Yep, yep. It's um, a year-round for Terrapin. So, um, like it's I delicious. said... It's delicious. Uh, it's uh, 100% Pilsner malt, and it's got some Czech saws in there, some German Magnums, and some German Saphir. So, so very you know, tasty. It, it is very tasty, and, and um, uh, one, one similarity I always find with music and beer mm-hmm. is the jam... You talking about his guest brewing? Yeah, like a, the like collaboration. Sit-ins. You are you are a master. Didn't you just get back from Europe from doing a collaboration? Yeah, I just got back from Italy. Uh, did a collaboration with a brewery called Toclamato. Well, walk us through that. How yeah. does it, how does it yeah, get it initiated is. from the start? How much of it is done in advance by email, and how much of it has to be done in person? Yeah, a lot of it's done by email. Obviously, you can you can send hops through email. No, 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 no. You find out what's in their inventory, and then we kind of... Basically, what happens is, uh, you know, we go to Europe every year. So when we go to Europe, it's usually with brewers and package store owners and people in the industry, and Owen Ogletree, who puts this trip on every year, contacts breweries to see if they want to do a collaboration, right? So um, actually, this year, I contacted a brewery because um, we have a, a... Our canning line is from Italy. So I said, okay, I contacted our, our representatives at, at CFT who 
who have built our canning line, and they put me in touch with a brewery uh, called Toclamato out of Italy. So basically, you start shooting emails across, going, "Okay, what do you want to do? What you know? What beers do you make? Uh, what beers have, do you want to make?" Um, I usually, when I collaborate overseas, I usually like to incorporate rye. If you guys know, my first beer was Rye Pale Ale. It won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival in 2002. So it's kind of our signature grain. And uh, so we ended up, strangely enough, we ended up doing a Pilsner with Toclamato with about 10% rye malt in it. Hmm. Now, were you tasting uh, their beers um, ahead of time? Did you, do you have a, a palate for No, I never had their beers until I visited their brewery. Wow. Um, but, you know, when you talk to another brewmaster, either via email or phone, you know, you kind of get an idea of their brewing style and what they want to do and their market, too. You know, so um, it's just crazy. I mean, I've been all over the world, New Zealand and England and Germany and, you know, just came back from Italy brewing with, with these breweries. And uh, you really do learn a lot mm-hmm. um, from traveling the world and just seeing how different breweries brew beer. You know, actually, funny thing is, we're actually brewing a collaboration right now um, with a buddy of mine called Casey, um, who is one of the owners from Coppertail Brewing in Tampa. Uh, We're actually brewing our Free Spirit, which we brew almost every year. It's usually a collaboration beer, um, so that's a really nice beer. Uh, It it, uh, helps helps fund uh, Small Dreams Foundation, and uh, yeah, it's just a beer that we put together every year, and this year it's actually going to be a sour Saison, so we're actually doing a kettle sour. This is this is this the first sour gonna happen? No, actually, we just did our first kettle sour, our sour beer about two weeks ago. Uh, It's our 14th year anniversary, so you'll be able to try it at the anniversary party. Mm. We made a tart Belgian red ale, and we soured the first batch, and then we did the second batch regular, and we blended the two together. So it's got this really nice tartness, um, like a deep cherry pithiness in it and it's just really really nice so that's awesome it's our first sour and then this year we're going to also do uh, a watermelon goza so that'll be a kettle soured beer as well so yeah we're having fun with sours it's a little <clears throat> it's a little intimidating because you don't want that stuff getting into all your other beers yes but yeah you just well, have to be careful and if, do it right if I'm, if I'm correct uh new belgian brewery they have a whole other like yes you know they keep it completely separate. separate yeah. yeah. Really? As you should. I mean, you really, really should, especially if you're starting and dealing right? with bretomyces and stuff like that. Lactic, you know, you can, I wouldn't say you can get away with, but it's a little bit more forgiving than like bret and some nastiness. So. And then one of the, oh, go ahead. Sorry, well, Rob. Just one last thing on the collaboration thing, because this is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. To what extent, when you're together with these folks in their brewery or yep. here, to what extent are you trial and erring and sam- sampling and adjusting ingredients? And to what extent do you start with one and just just stay with it? We, we just go. It's, it's really? The only time we change stuff is on paper. And when I get there, it's go time. Yeah. The only, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the only time we ever pilot batched a brew was with New Belgium. When I went to New, we brewed something called Black is the New Wit. So I went out to New Belgium. We brewed, I think they have an eight or ten barrel pilot system. So we piloted at New Belgium, and then Peter came in last year. I think it was last year. And we did it here, full scale here. So we don't have a pilot brewery. So, you know, for us, it's like we well, shoot and go. I mean, this pilots, Pilsner, pilots definitely should not be drinking beer, correct. in my opinion, while they're <laughs> piloting. So That is true. Um, and this is not our pilot episode, by the way. It is not. Um but this beer was never brewed on a pilot system. Um, we just went for it. Yeah, you went well, man. This is a delicious beer. Pilsners are one of my favorites. 
So one of the other similarities that I find mm-hmm. in breweries and the craft breweries um, and music is the growth. Because a band starts off at smaller venues and grows and grows and grows into the larger venues. Has here, a tough time. There's like little growing pains, little steps along the way. Like uh, with the, with a beer would be distribution, with a band would be getting in the venues. Yeah. S- signing new record deals, you know. Sure. <laughs> Literally getting new labels. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> As they lift that's the right. beer label up. Um, but, you know, but you, you there's a lot of similarities. Uh, branding, you know, the, yep. the graphics and the branding behind it, the, you know, the audience you're reaching for because the craft, it's not just craft beer audience. You know, you want mm-hmm. specific uh, um, elements of the craft beer connoisseurs, you know. It's not just beer drinkers. You want, you know, well, this is going to reach a Pilsner audience, you right. know. Well, it's rise. feel, too. I think it's feel of the of the brand and feel of the logos and things like that where, you know, maybe a jazz, a person who is really into jazz might not like opera, right? So, you know, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's like that. I mean, you know, we have, gosh, we probably have over 35, 40, 40 breweries in Georgia. I mean, when I got my start, professional, I started professional brewing in like 97. I think there was three. So now we're up over 40. And when you look at it, I mean, everybody's got their own feel, obviously their own logos and artwork and, and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, does the packaging match the branding and all that? You've got to tie everything together. I think we do that very, very well because we're always outdoor. We've always been outdoor oriented, mm-hmm. music oriented and all that. And it shows with our artwork. And, uh, and your merch, too. Your merch is outstanding. Yeah. I, I noticed today uh, the um, in the Terrapin merch store downstairs, they have a... Uh, cooler sleeve that's like just for cans it holds like six cans and it's yep. like this like it looks like um like someone that's got a, a tripod you know like a backpack it's a for sling, a tripod. yeah a sling. yeah that you can put it in there and walk around a festival and keep I, your beer cool and i had a smaller version of that it was a slingshot oh wow for shots for yeah. shots another another music analogy specific to terrapin is that type uh spike has his main beers and then he has this side project some side of which are these collaborations yes. yep. but they're also ones i was raving on a previous episode about the pink peppercorn could you talk about that yeah well that one actually that kind of goes two different ways right so every what's it called again the actual name uh of poive potion so that beer um was actually a homebrew contest winner Every year at our holiday party, well, right before our holiday party, we divvy up the whole brewery in different teams, brewing teams, right? So there could be like four four people from front of the house, four people from the back of the house. So That's cool. We separate, let's just say we have six teams, right? So what they have to do is they have to brew a beer and kind of uh, do a skit and kind of market it, how you would bring it to market and this and that. And, oh, at, that's the, and at the holiday party, we roll out and... They show us their videos or skits and things like that, and we get to taste the beer and all that. And there's we have, like, a panel of judges that vote for the best beer. So last year's winner was Poiv Potion, which was the the pink peppercorn saison that I brewed this year, mm-hmm. or for, for this year, so... Yeah, it's it's cool. It, I mean, it gets everybody involved, you know. Yeah, no, that's great. Do you guys ever do anything with um, like that with uh, just Athens, you know? Um, I don't think we i mean i always wanted to do something like um i don't know let's just say you uh wanted to do something with a restaurant right you pick the chef and he picked the ingredients and did something like that i mean we work with local vendors i mean don't get me wrong we do you know we have our wake and bake stout right so the coffee we use for that is from jittery joe's Mm -hmm. right from from athens 
Um, you know, when we do all our chocolate beers, all of our chocolate comes from Olive and Sinclair chocolates um, up in Nashville. Yeah, they're delicious. They, they were at totally um, delicious. Uh, a uh, beer event. Uh, Newton Belch. New- yeah, yeah, great event, by the mm-hmm. way. I believe uh, the promoter... Uh, Matt Leff has got that going in several different markets. Yep. But, um, I think he just did it in Nashville last weekend. Last weekend. Up, yeah. Yep. And what other Atlanta. markets coming up? Uh, they did New Orleans, uh, Atlanta, yep. Nashville, <clears throat> and I'm not sure where else. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've worked with Savannah Bee Company. Um, so we've worked with uh, a bunch of different people to mm-hmm. bring beers to light, um, you know, locally. We try to use mm-hmm. local ingredients and things like that when we can. Sure. And are a lot of people approaching you for different projects or... As well? Um, Are you a popular guy? Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> but you can't, you can't do them all. I mean, I think one of my favorite projects that I, got, I finally got off the ground last year was uh, the Walking Dead project. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. By the way, if you haven't heard of the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> big, big TV show. Big, big, big. Yeah, so basically this has been going on for almost four years, trying to get this thing off the ground. Maybe about three years. Um you know, as you guys know, in season either three or four... Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Exactly. <laughs> you saw a lot of Terrapin boxes and banners and things like that. So, you know, we were asked by the art department to send props down. Um, big props So they use them. Yeah, big props to the art department. And um, I Product got... placement. To, Love it. Correct. And I got to talking to one of the artists down there or the art director or whoever to basically say, hey, I want to do a beer for you guys. Well, the problem was is that she worked for the art department, but the whole thing was under, like, AMC, and it's a little hard to crack that nut to go up the chain at AMC and try to get this beer done. So it kind of just fizzled out, and then I said, well, I know some people at Turner, so I talked to somebody at Turner who gave me a name of someone down in Sonoya whose either parents or grandparents own the film studio where it's filmed. So that's where I got my in. Uh, he and his um, his business partner live in Sonoya, and they also own the um, the Walking Dead merchandise store and also the little coffee shop downstairs. So that's how I got in to work with Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman's the guy who did the comic books. Mm-hmm. So we actually worked with those guys, not AMC, to bring the beer to market. Um, it sounds really easy, but it was really hard and, and, and time-consuming. How so. much of a say on that beer... Was out uh, what that beer would be was outside of your realm. Did was anything? It was just you mm. create the beer and brand it, or did was there input like, oh, if we're going to do Walking Dead and we're going to have our brand on it, then we need it to be a red beer. I mean, that was all me basically saying, hey, red IPA with blood orange. I mean, how it was a home run at that point. Everybody's drinking IPAs. Mm-hmm. Red, obviously blood, and blood orange. I mean, yeah. it was just, it was, it was fun. Uh, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I've had a bunch of them. Thank you, Kirkyard, in Kirk the Kirkwood Yard. section of Atlanta <laughs> for pouring that for a full weekend. Nice. Um, so oh, we, we, we want to keep that going. That, that's awesome. That's, that's good to, to hear. Um, I, you just said something that was really interesting, Rob. Uh, Spike, mm-hmm. similar to music. Yes. You happen to be like uh, Rob just said. There's vent, there's bars, so sure. venues yep. that have your specialty beers being poured there. So you have yep. a relationship mm-hmm. with. And how tight is that? Really, is that the distributor or is that you? Or not you? It, it's the Terrapin, the, it's, the brewery. It's really both. I mean, if you have a really good distributor that can get you product placement, that's great. Um, you know, I think you 
you know, you want salespeople out there as well that represent the brand. Because don't forget, when a distributor goes out and sells beers, they're so they're selling a portfolio of beers. When my salesperson walks into a bar, they're selling terrapin. Well, no, when right. wait, would you say that again? It sounded like a setup yeah. for a good joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's twofold. I mean, you really want obviously you want your distributor to sell your beer. Obviously, you want your distributor to deliver your beer. Um, but you hire good people to to sell your beer beer as well. Um, mm-hmm. But these relationships with these uh, with these bars, mm-hmm. um, you know, do you is that something that your salespeople are coming back basically saying, "Hey, Spike, there's a bar in uh, in Atlanta. I want to yeah, they're moving hey, a hey, lot of product for you." I, I always go into the southern accent when I talk about Atlanta. Hey, Spike, when hey, I go, hey, I, man, I don't know, man. Hey, man, come on, man. man, hey, buddy. Um, what about restaurants? You also go to restaurants and we'll do tastings and you speak to the people and or takeovers. Kind of, yeah, they, tap takeovers. takeovers. No, no, I like I like um, these where they work your beers into the meal. Oh, beer, beer pairing, um, beer pairings or uh, beer dinners. Yeah, I just uh, I was in Tampa all last week doing beer dinners and meet and greets and stuff like that. So is that set up by distributors or again that um, some of your sales guys are doing a little of both? Mostly my salespeople down there set mm-hmm. it up, but we also need the distributor support, right? So distributors will show up, make sure you got the beer, all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean it's you want to stay current and you want to stay in the market so those are the things you do to promote your product mm-hmm. you know and the farther you go away from your home market it gets harder and harder to do that unless you have people in those markets selling your beer because there's so many new breweries popping up well yeah let's talk about that so you know here yeah. in the in the uh, you know like just again another similarity with music you know now i mean well let's start, hold on a second in the in, in 96 97 98 a craft beer was uh was uh, didn't they only allow like two estate for a long time or something like that? Newcastle I mean, really was one, <laughs> you know. Newcastle, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, um, it depends. I mean? It really depends on states' rules, and I, I don't even want. I don't even want to talk about Georgia law and how they are really killing our business here. But that's that's a discussion for another well, podcast. That'll be our next. Interview. Yeah, exactly. That, hey, that will be on Inside the Beer right. with Turner. Um, Inside. But yeah, it depends on you know how favorable the laws are and, um, you know, if you can self-distribute and things like that. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, everything's a challenge. Um, You know, in Georgia, it's obviously an uphill battle, but uh, I think we've been around enough that I think we'll weather the storm and and wait it out and see, you know, hopefully someday we will finally be able Uh, to sell beer at a brewery. (laughs) Sell beer at a brewery and also have people purchase beer at brunch. Wow, that would be nice. Brunch or lunch at the brewery. Hey, Spike. You look like a happy guy. You're, you're happy, obviously. But I got a, I've got a very serious question. You're a brewer. You drink. You have to test your product. You have to go out and be in it. How do you not weigh 250 pounds? Spike <laughs> is not a fat man. He's I just very slender. How are you? How I mean, I don't drink that much beer, and I'm a blimp. Well, maybe <laughs> only one part of me, but still, you know. Uh, you know, running around, uh, trying to stay as healthy as I can, watching what I eat, working out. I mean, you know, it's it's hard especially when you're on the road um he is diligent with the working out i'll come up and see a show and he always oh, i gotta go to the gym first and then you know we'll do this and do that and that. do but you find yourself to drink when you're out often or are you uh if i'm out i'm drinking i mean nine times out of ten i mean it's just what i do if i'm walking into an account that has my beer and order a terrapin right so trapeze uh unless i'm at the manhattan cafe i'm drinking makers and blenheims like last night so and that manhattan cafe is a local favorite here in athens oh, georgia my it's a favorite. very very athens bar i think it mm-hmm. i think it won in the um 
Flagpole Guide to Athens is the most, most Athensy bar or something like that, most unique to Athens. That is my go-to. Mm-hmm. That is definitely my go-to. But I'm a foodie, too, so I love food. Um, I don't know if you eat right and watch what you eat. Um, yeah, but calories. You know. They say calories in, calories out, but beer, man. Beer yeah. has got a lot of calories. Well, I watch my carbohydrates because I drink them. Uh-huh. So white sugar, white flour. No pizza for you. Yeah, once in a while. I hey, like, speaking like of pizza meat. party, I got a question for you. Yes. You said you guys are turning 14 this year? Yes. Okay, I'm really offended. Last year you turned 13. I could have held your beer mitzvah. Damn, that would have been great. Yes, it would have been amazing. 13 different beers to dive into. We could have had one hell of a whore, huh? Hey. <laughs> Damn, after year one, we could have done a beer brisk. Oh, my God. <laughs> just a little off, just a little uh, off the head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So can you talk for a minute about um, the importance of gaining la- the larger scale accounts, the event accounts, the uh, sports arenas, yeah, the festival- um, festivals in particular? For, for Man, us? those are, you know, most of those are pay to play, right? So we just pick and choose who we want to work with. Um, we are going to be sponsoring um, the Wildwood Festival again yeah. this year. Um, this year is actually going to be the first year that we're doing can- the Candler Park Festival. Oh, excellent. Oh, really? I, yeah, I, I think the lineup, the lineup comes out Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'll but we're the beer sponsor for that, so that's pretty exciting. Um, I'm sure we'll be back at Bonnaroo but so, in, in some type of fashion, as we usually do. But um, Yeah, they do the uh, beer garden there. But back to the Candler Park, which is in yep. Atlanta, the, mm-hmm. is it going to be, you know, is it going to be just you're the only beer? Like Red Stripe was, or...? Uh, I know we are sponsoring it. I don't know if we have exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, logos everywhere. I hope so. Um, Turtle. I, I, I brew beer. But <laughs> Spike's plan is to release during the headliner release hundreds of little turtles. Spike's saying into the, the crowd. I'm the brewer guy. I'm yeah. the brewer guy. But uh, I make the beer. They do. Then they do take it. They you know do, how you have to have a spike when you see him at a show. What up, brew? Yeah, I like that. That's what good. up, brew? What up, bro? bro? What festival would you most like to? Uh, have Terrapin be a sponsor on any festival in the world right now, today. If you had a dream. Oh, dream festival? Yeah. What's the one Clapton does? He does that. The Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah. I love that. And then Neil Young does his every year. Bridge. As well. Bridge. You know what, actually, though? I would really like to uh, be able to sell some Terrapin at, at Terrapin Station, Phil's place. That would be yeah, really cool. Call. I yeah. mean, we're not distributed in California, but when you I'd are, really like to do that. Because rumor are. has it when Phil travels... Um, to places that serve terrapin or have terrapin in the footprint, he'll actually buy it for for backstage. That's what I heard. Now, whether that's true or not, I hope so, Phil. So, if you're listening, this we know for sure. Though we do have Bob Weir feedback on terrapin. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Chewy, chewy. <laughs> yes, we Chiway. do. <laughs> for those of you who don't know Bob Weir, he's a member of the Grateful Dead and Rat Dog, and that Dead and uh, John Mayer thing. Yeah. John Mayer's other band. I still haven't seen that. They're actually pretty good. Tell me really have good. You I mean, I've heard it, but it. I haven't seen it. So. Tell me Mayor oversings once in a while, maybe a plays here and there, but no, for the most part, it's amazing, wonderful stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you about just your life in general, your traveling life. Um, traveling life. Talk about the music. That you, I mean, let's let's make. You're it clear. a music guy, basically. What he's saying is, you're a music guy. What music get, guy? What's well, we getting you going? Clear. Spike man. busted his ass for years to get to the point where he now. I mean, you just saw Black Sabbath in Chicago uh, a couple months seeing, ago. Yeah, you must be seeing Iron Maiden uh, somewhere. I actually just booked my sixty-eight dollar round trip ticket Ooh. to Chicago, April sixth to go see Maiden. So. I'm trying to do it on the cheap. I spent $68 for the plane ticket and like 58 bucks for the hotel. 
So I'm going on uh, a Spirit airline, so you can like just not check anything and just right. go and but if you get was, a soda, it's like eight bucks. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah exactly. And, and also and on that out. note, if you do check anything, why check it? You're never going to see it again. That's right. Yeah, but man. no, I'm carrying a backpack. I'm basically getting getting off the plane. The shuttle will pick me up to the hotel, drop my bag, get back on the the blue line or whatever line it is, mm-hmm. go downtown, grab a great yep. meal, go see Maiden, go back up to the airport, crash at the hotel, and then fly back home. So TID, yes. And your work puts you in position services. to get help, helps you get tickets sometimes, does it not? Um, it can. Do yeah. people just throw tickets at you? Um, only when they're naked. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, but no, uh, speaking of music, uh, last night saw uh, Colonel Bruce here Colonel in Athens. Colonel Bruce. Yeah, We're that was be, fun. I'll we'll tell him. Interviewing him tonight. Yeah, nice. what, do you, what would you like to tell Colonel? Colonel. He already Drink knows. more terrapin. <laughs> eat, eat more chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I tell you what, last week when I was in Tampa, I saw a band called Mac Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, Max Sabbath. They were just here in Atlanta. I missed them. So much fun. So if you guys, concept. Yeah, if you guys don't know what Mac, who Max Sabbath is, or what they are, um, it's basically a Black Sabbath cover band. The lead singer dresses like Ronald McDonald. The lead guitar player is Mary McCheese. The (laughs) bass player is Grimace, and the drummer is the Hamburglar. How can they play with those huge masks on? It's crazy, dude, but they're really, really good. And, you know, instead of I Am Iron Man, they'll do stuff like I Am Frying Pan. <laughs> and they'll sing about Chicken McNuggets. And oh, the Richard, be a fry song. Best fries in the world. The Richard Cheese so, of Metal. It's so much fun, dude. Richard I, Cheese of Metal. Have you ever heard Richard Cheese? No. Oh, he's like, uh, he, he does like Frank Sinatra uh, style music, but of like, you know, Pearl Jam or Nirvana. Oh, right on. Well, uh, Pat Boone. I have Pat Boone's uh, CD. That he does all uh, heavy metal covers. Yeah, and it's what was pretty the band funny. That did the bluegrass ACDC or the countrified ACDC songs. Remember them? Mm. They were pretty big. It was a while ago. Well, we know what you're into, Rob. Yeah, Rob. Way to go. Real quick, mm. one of your seasonals named after a favorite song of many of our listeners. I'm guessing the Maggie's Farmhouse Ale. Could you talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We do Maggie's every year. Um, and it's a peach farmhouse. Oh, that's peachy. Ale. It's peachy. Y'all come down to Maggie's Farm. We got some peachy ale. Come around now. Yeah. Um, we also did, last year, we did something called Maggie's Peach, Car- I'm sorry, um, Blackberry Cobbler. So we used real blackberries come and graham, ca- mm. graham crackers. Uh, say, so that, we made say, it, say that again. I'm sorry. We made a blackberry, uh, Maggie's Blackberry Cobbler, which was brewed with blackberries and graham cracker crust. Or graham cracker crumbs, sorry. It's to the novice. How do you brew something like that without it being too sweet? Yeah, or, or, or get all the crumbs everywhere. I know. I mean, I kicked her out of bed for eating the crumbs. No, the crackers. The, the graham crackers. <laughs> graham crackers. This sounds like an old woman on crack. <laughs> that's, my, that's my grandma. Graham crackers. Graham crackers. <laughs> um, what was your question? It sounds, when you say those ingredients, it, it, I mean, obviously it probably doesn't, but it sounds like it, it could be too sweet. How do you... How do you make that taste like those without that being too sweet um well when you usually when you put the fruit in the beer is fermenting so you know there's sugars in the fruit so those the yeast will eat the sugar so it'll dry it out unless you back sweeten it which i don't know i really don't like really really sweet beers um but as long as you get the flavor of the blackberry or the or the peach or the cherry or whatever you're going after it just ends it really lends that nice compliment to the beer depending on what you're what you're brewing all right well hey Spike, first of all, thanks for having us here, hosting us here inside out with Turner and Seth at Terrapin Brewery in Athens, Georgia. Thank you so much for being a guest with us. And 
And uh, congratulations for living the dream, the American dream, in a lot of ways. Right Did on. you feel you'd live that? <clears throat> hey, and you know, we, you were talking about sponsorship before. I just want to let you know we are we do have a sponsorship position open. If you ever are interested, Terrapin is welcome. Right. We'll with do live Inside reads. Out. Even I'll do the live reads. <laughs> live reads and go with Turner and Seth. Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Spike, thank you so much. Thanks, brother. All right, Great. guys. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers. Peace. Great to talk with Spike, the guy who brews my favorite current beer, the Terrapin High Five. High Five, wonderful! It's such a delicious beer, and it really can. is. I had by gotten, the way, cans. I, I had gotten over the can thing, came back. Right. I got into it, and then I got sick of it. And literally, that Terrapin High Five got me back into the whole can beer it's, thing. And that, what I noticed about cans yesterday, uh, I was at the Farm Burger, and they always have the nice assortment of cans. Is the art on cans are awesome? Like the the colors in the cans. I don't know. I just I just I just like they. It looked delicious. It Which is delicious. bad for a pack rat like me because I, I want to <laughs> save them. Well, you know what's funny? I used to save cans and bottles, but uh, I used to save the Coke, uh, the Pepsi and Coca Cola cans as a kid that had like the Christmas cans and the whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I would only if there money. was an athlete. Those are the only ones I would save. Then have, to have a guess, lo- team logo or an athlete. I guess some of them blew up, and my parents uh, blew up. Yeah, like they, you know, they're sitting in the garage for what twenty years, and my mom's just like. Um, um, you have cans and they're sticky and everything's gross. Come down to Florida and please remove this junk. Thanks for getting your Coke all over my garage. Good for Atlanta, though. <laughs> Coca-Cola, big company in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. So, Spike, thank you for uh, participating and uh, allowing us to interview you. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. We've got great guests coming up. So please check us again. Keep listening. Oh, and if you want to email us. At... InsideOutWTNS at gmail.com. That's right. It's InsideOutWTNS at gmail.com. You can find us online, as you know, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Seriously, thanks for listening. Go down to the store, boy. Mama's out of gin. Go down to the store. Can't abide the state we're in. Can't abide the state we're in, boy. Can't abide the state we're in. Go down, ask Miss Moses. Mama's out of rye. Go down, ask Miss Moses for a tram we get dry. A tram we get dry, boy, a tram we get dry. Papa's got no money and Mama's got no booze. Papa's got no money. We're wearing thrift store shoes, wearing thrift store shoes now, wearing thrift store shoes. Mama's in a lather, and I'm in a lather too. Mama's in a lather, talking just won't do, talking just won't do, boy, talking just won't do.
I'm going to the bar now. I won't be back tonight. I'm going to the bar, baby. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight, honey. I don't want to fight. Just loan me a couple dollars from your jar change. Loan me a couple dollars. I'll pay you back someday. I'll pay you back someday, boy. I'll pay you back someday.
Rain, rain, neon lights Smoke acts like camouflage Rebel is unwell for life Forget about the pretty girl I said that will do just fine Find a mail and a shot of jack A pack of camouflage Some days don't see the day And some don't see the night Them bars to wobbles ain't no fun past at the bar. When I pass through my washing glass again, I can't see you. Bottom, bottom, bottom.
love to have real big parties Sometimes I just won't end Laughing and singing till daylight Let my old mind bend Friends in my house get dressed up But that's what a party will do But One thing I wish you remember I'm gonna say it to you Finish your beer Well they're sitting all over the place The top of this old kegerator Left in my guitar case None of them are empty Somehow they just got space Brother if you want to party here Finish your beer There's food left out in the kitchen It's probably still good A Look at that pipe and smoke it We're gonna need more wood Happies are laying all over Buddy, you know that's a shame There are thirsty drunks in China Who never would be so lame Finish your beer That's one thing we should do The brewer would appreciate it You know I would too Stay all night if you wanna But let's make it perfectly clear If you're gonna do some drinking Finish your beer to a party when you go out on the town don't leave your glass half empty your job is to drink them down there are drunks all over the planet who'd love to drink what we got here in the land of the milk and the honey you got to finish your beer finish your beer that's the thing you should do the brewer would appreciate it you know I would too drink all night if you want But let's make it perfectly clear If you're gonna do some drinking Finish your beer If you're gonna do some drinking 